Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. series, we're in actually a relationship series called How To. And today I want to talk to you about how to have an affair. How to have an affair. And, and, and the reason I showed this video, the reason I talked about this, is that an affair doesn't work like your wisdom teeth. Right? You don't just like, how'd I get here? Like, how did my clothes fall off and I start sleeping with someone? No, 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 no. Let's understand there was some purposeful choices and decisions and compromise you made that led to that place. Right? That, that led you to the place of having an affair, of compromising on your vows. And I want to talk to you today about how to have an affair. And if you're single in this place, there's going to be tons of things for you to know. But here's what I also know. Um, we're going to be in, in this message for even next week. Next week's the conclusion of this series. But if you're single, you're not dating. You, there's no even a prospect of you dating. Here's what I would just encourage you to do. Listen, listen, right? Tuck this away, put this in the vault because this message I have asked people that have been married for 50 plus years. I've asked people that have been married 35 plus years. I've asked people who have had an affair and have, had, have been cheated on, um, just their perspective, their wisdom on this. And true wisdom happens when we learn from other people and we learn from other people's mistakes instead of making our own. Right? That's a way better way for you and I to live our life if we can learn from other people's mistakes instead of making our own. So, so today, the purpose of today's message isn't to encourage you to have an affair. Okay? Today's purpose of this message isn't to make you paranoid. Because we're going to talk about some things that if you're doing this, if you're doing this, and I don't want you to go home and be like, you're doing that, aren't you? You're cheating on me, aren't you? Right? And, and there's this paranoia that is happening, but that we would be proactive instead of paranoid. Right? That we would be proactive when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to our dating life, instead of paranoid about our dating life and our relationship. And I want to stop just for a second and say this, because I know there's a lot of people that tune in every week, that come here every week, and, and, and you've been involved in an affair. There's been infidelity. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was your spouse's fault, an ex-spouse, whatever, or, or the current one you're with. And this message just starts making you uncomfortable. Hear me, today's message isn't to make you feel bad, right? Today's message isn't to bring up shame and make you feel shame. Today's message is to guard what is most important in your life. And one of the things that is the most important aspect of your life is going to be the person you choose to marry. And my hope, my desire is this, is that we can put some things in, we can apply the Word of God to our relationships, to our marriage, so that we don't have to live with regret. Because that's a way better way for us to live. 
So, so hear me today. If that's you, this isn't a guilt message today. As much as if you're doing some of these things, hopefully some red flags go up in your life and you realize you need to change course. You need to make some corrections when it comes to your life and when it comes to my life. So um, as we get started today... There's a bunch of different things that I started studying this past week, and I had to tell Casey, I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm searching how to have an affair on my iPad, and there's nothing going on. I just want to let you know because that's what I'm talking about, and like, how do you cheat? Most effective ways to cheat, which is a dangerous way to go. Um, so um, she, she knows. She knows what was going on, but um, what was amazing is that we don't call things what they are anymore in our society, Right? Like, it's crazy. Like, you, you hear a fair and there's like this 5,000 different descriptions of it. So, so let me say, when I'm talking about a, a, an affair, when I'm talking about an extramarital affair, I'm talking about adultery. And now we even term adultery different. So let me, let me define adultery for us today as we move forward. Adultery refers to the act of a married individual having sexual relations with someone other than their spouse. First Corinthians chapter 5 says this, I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you, something that even pagans don't do. I'm told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. Here's what that, here's read between the lines. Guy sleeping with a stepmom. Gross. Um, but that's what's happening. Some of you think the Bible's boring. You need to read the Bible, right? Um, when I wrote to you before, I told you to not associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You'd have to leave this world to avoid people like that. So Paul's got a, a, a handle on reality, right? He's in the Roman like, culture. like it, they're, they're, they're out of control. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in a sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. And the Bible's taking a really hard stance on this area, and here's why. Because supposed believers and followers of Christ, right? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I'm doing this are sleeping around, they're committing adultery, and instead of them being corrected or instead of them feeling guilty or instead of them feeling ashamed about it, they're excusing it. And all of a sudden, what would have been thought to be unthinkable is now what wouldn't be okay or an option, they're trying to make okay and an option. And here's what happens in that culture and in our culture, is that when one person tries to excuse something, as a culture we try to excuse something. And what was never intended to be an option or, 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 or okay, all of a sudden becomes an option and okay if we're not careful. And Paul is saying this to the church, hey, this isn't okay, so don't, don't, don't affiliate with people like this, don't associate with people like this, or or they will get you to compromise your standards. Here's what I will tell you. When it comes to sleeping with other people that aren't your spouse, it's never okay. Some of you are like, well, we're not sleeping together. We're just having sex. When it comes to having sex with other people that aren't your spouse, it's not okay. And, and here's the crazy thing. Here's the, here's the solution as I was researching 
all these things. One of the solutions to not getting a divorce where there's an affair that has happened is establish an open marriage. Now, when I hear that term, I'm, I'm getting old, right? I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound bad, an open marriage. Like, you know, be open to conversation. That's not what they mean. Some of you are like, it's not. For, let me put it like back to terms that we would understand for all those old people. It's talking about swingers. Right? And, and here's the rules. Well, if you don't want to get divorced, just be okay with your spouse sleeping with people and you sleeping with people as long as they know about it and are cool with it. Um, you know, go for that. That's better than divorce. What? And here's the deal. That sounds so weird, but it's become a, a really popular option in part of our country. This, this isn't okay. This isn't an option. In fact, Hebrews talks about keep the, the, the purity, keep, the, keep the, you know, just the sanctity of the marriage bed and keep it pure. It's never okay for you to sleep with someone who's not your spouse. Single people, hear me today. It's never okay for you to sleep with someone who's not your spouse. And I know pastors are scared to talk about that because they're afraid to hurt people's feelings or run people off. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to run you off. But, man, you got to know the truth so that you can live up to God's standards instead of culture standards. you got to know it. So today it's about discouraging you from having an affair. And we understand what physical affair is, but now you will hear a term called emotional affair. And I hear emotional affair, but I didn't really understand necessarily what all went into an emotional affair. I'm like, do you watch a chick flick together? What happens, right? So an emotional affair looks like this. You have frequent contact with a person uh, that's the opposite sex. You want to share news with that person first instead of your spouse. You constantly are thinking about them. You feel that person gets you and understands you, and you start comparing him or her against your spouse, and you have secrets and inside jokes together. And I loved what one of my friends said that have been married 35-plus years, and he said, nothing will take you out quicker than an affair. It decimates your soul, your marriage, your family, your, that includes your kids. Grown adults with grown kids, that still includes your grown kids and your witness. So today I want to give you five things. You're like, you have five points and you haven't even started yet? I do. Five points and we're going to go fast. It's going to be like drinking from a fire hydrant on how to have an affair. That if you do one of these things, you're well on your way, Right? If you do one of these things, hopefully a red flag goes up and like, man, we need to make some course correction here. The first one is this, say and think it will never happen to you. Say and think it will never happen to you. And some of you are like, I don't, I don't know about this. Here, here's my problem with this, is that everybody thinks, well, we'll never have an affair. I've never been to a wedding where the spouses got up and they made vows, I vow to cheat on you, run around on you, sleep on you, um, with anybody that I deem's worthy. No, they, they don't say that. They say, I vow to forsake all others and cling to you only, right? To be devoted to you and forsake everyone else. That, that's the vow. Nobody plans on having an affair. An affair just happens. And we say things and we think things that, well, that would never happen to us. That's, we're just not those kind of people. We're just not that kind of couple. And that's great. And I get what you're saying. But here's what I know too. If it can happen to couples that are really sharp and really godly, it can happen to you and it can happen me. If it can happen to them, it can happen to you, and it can happen 
to me. And when we think, well, that's never going to happen, we're just not those people, here's what happens. Pride wells up. And when pride starts welling up in you, your defenses go down. And what should be a big deal is no longer a big deal because we're just not those people. What, what should be a defense and what should be some things that you have in your life, you don't have in your life because that would never happen to us. And the Bible says in Proverbs eleven two, pride leads to disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. And my prayer is today that there would be some humility that hits every one of us today. That you're not exempt from the guidelines and the rules that are in God's word. That, that you would humble yourself, that you would seek the Lord, and you would allow him to lead your life instead of your emotions, instead of the trend of the moment, that there's a better way for you to live your life. And understand, as we get going today, man, don't let your pride sneak in and say, well, that would never happen to us. I love the sentiment of what you're thinking. But understand, it could happen to you. It could happen to me if we're not wise. And I don't want to let pride fill me with some some ignorance where I'm not having my guard up and my defenses up. Once again, it's not about making us paranoid. It's about pride doesn't allow me to be proactive in protecting what is most important to me and to you so that we would be humble. The second way that you have an affair is that you don't have boundaries. You don't have boundaries. And this is one of the biggest areas that I'm going to get pushed back on after this message. I get pushed back on this part of the message every stinking time. And, and let me say this, if you don't think you need boundaries and restrictions, you're fooling yourself and heading towards destruction. If you, I don't care how old you are, I don't care how, how wise you are, how, much, how long you've been married, you need boundaries. I need boundaries. Everyone needs boundaries. If you don't believe me, in just a little bit, after I'm done speaking, you're going to go get in your car. You're going to drive to a restaurant or you're going to drive home. And you're going to get on that road. And you're going to be glad that there are lines painted on the road that created boundaries, right? You're going to be especially glad that there's a big yellow solid stripe separating you and oncoming traffic. I don't know somebody that says, well, I just hate these lines. They make me feel so controlled, right? Like I just, I need to throw it all off and just be able to drive where I want to drive and do what I want to do, right? No, because you understand this and I understand this. Those lines, those lines on the road, they are there to help you get to the destination you want to go as safely and quickly as possible. But when people don't pay attention to the boundaries, when people don't pay attention to the lines, they drift where they shouldn't and they harm themselves and others. And there's harm and destruction that happens when people don't pay attention to boundaries. And can I tell you the same is true when it comes to your relationships. All of you that are dating, you need to set physical boundaries before you ever get physical. That means before you ever start making out, there needs to be, we're not going any further than this. And some of you are like, I can't believe you said you would make out. Oh, I made out. <laughs> Here's the deal. We made some boundaries, though. Like when we were engaged, Casey and I still had some boundaries. Like I had my own apartment, and Casey would come over, and we would go on a date, but I would never let Casey in. And I'm like, Casey, but I, but I just want to sit there. I'm like, here's, here's the problem, Casey. I know you want to just sit there, but if I let you in this door, I'm going to attack you like a grizzly bear, right? Like I'm just like, I, I, no, I cannot. You know, I'm just like, I got 
My daughters were in the first service starting to talk like this. I'm, I, I'm like, I can't do this. My wife's armpits are probably sweating right now, but that's okay. There was boundaries we had to set. So I'm not telling you to do something that I didn't do. And I don't regret, and Casey doesn't regret, us having those boundaries. Married people, you need boundaries. You need them. And here's why. Because they protect you and they protect your spouse. It's not about controlling you. It's about guiding you. It's about guiding you through life. It's about letting you get through life without creating damage and without hurting yourself and hurting those you love the most and hurting other people. In fact, Proverbs chapter 12 says this, deceit fills the heart that are plotting evil, but joy fills the heart that are planning peace and boundaries are planning for peace and longevity in your marriage. That's what boundaries do. Let me share some of the boundaries that Casey and I have. And hear me, what works for me isn't necessarily what's going to work for you. But here are some of the boundaries that Casey and I have made. Not all, but some. Um, I don't have lunch, I don't have dinner with somebody of the opposite sex. I don't. Now, I'll eat with my daughters. I'll eat with Casey. I'll eat with my sister or my mother-in-law, right? But I'm not like, no, like that's just a boundary. And I know for some of you that you are it, like you don't have a pastor's job. That's a, like that's how you do business meetings. It works for me. It may not be what works for you. I don't ride alone in case he doesn't ride alone in the car with the opposite sex. We just don't do it. Right? Well, Justin, that just seems like you're being paranoid. No, that seems like I'm being proactive. Right? I, I don't want to be dismissive. I want to be planning for peace when it comes to my marriage and trying to keep, man, me and my wife safe. Here's the other thing. We don't have, well, we're just friends. Can I tell you, when you get married, you don't get to just have friends that are the opposite sex. You don't. Well, Justin, we've been best friends since high school. Oh, I get that. I had a bunch of great friends that were the opposite sex until I got married with Casey. But then the rules changed. Just being honest. The rules change. And I don't get to just have friends that I'm texting with and I'm talking with that are the opposite sex that aren't my wife. Well, Justin, that just, that's just controlling. No, that's called having boundaries. And, and you can be like, well, I just think that's dumb. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Here's what I want you to know. This isn't just advice that's coming from your pastor. This is advice that's coming from those that have been where we're trying to prevent, that have been married 35, 50 plus years, have gone through affairs, have been guilty of affairs, and have been, gone through an affair. Proverbs 12, verse 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. And boundaries aren't a sign of weakness, but a sign of wisdom. And you don't have to listen to me. You can think, Justin, you're just full of it. But what I can tell you is if you will allow boundaries to be established in your marriage, and you're going to have to talk and communicate, and we're going to talk about that next week with your spouse, what are some of the boundaries we need to set? Because boundaries don't set themselves. You have to be proactive when it comes to setting boundaries. The third way that you have an affair is you keep secrets and tell lies. You keep secrets and you tell lies. And here's the other caveat I would put on it, and you get good at it. Get good at keeping secrets. Some of us, like, get good at telling lies. Proverbs chapter 12 says, truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Here's the problem with lying, is that usually it's never just one lie, is it? It's 
one lie is covered by another lie that's covered by another lie that's covered by another lie. And some of you, your memory's getting really bad and you're not any good at telling lies anymore. If you're going to be a good liar, you got to be a really good at the game memory. And, so, and some of us, it's not that the lie, oh, well, just, you know, it's just one lie. It's what the lie, you start creating the habit of leading, of telling lies and keeping secrets. What I've found, it's really hard to have an affair if you're not good at keeping secrets and telling lies. I don't know of one affair that occurred and happened where one of the spouses weren't lying. I, I don't know about it. I, I don't know how you do it. And here it is, if we're not going to have an affair, then we've got to stay accessible and accountable. Right? What's the solution to telling lies? What's the solution to keeping secrets? It's living your life accessible to where my life is accessible and my life is accountable. One of the apps that we have for us and our girls is Life360 app. And I love it because I can see where the girls are. I can know when they're going to be home. They can see where I'm going to be home. Um, when Charlie has an FFA show, I don't have to ask her for directions. I can just point where Charlie is. I can drive right to her. I can find where Chloe is on her basketball games. They can find where I am. Um, Casey can see where I'm at. I can see where Casey's at. She doesn't have to say, hey, are you on your way home yet? Are you on your way home yet? Are you on your way home yet? Man, just click and look. And it's helped a lot, right? Some of you, if you were being driven crazy by they just keep calling and asking if I'm happy. I'm heading home, download the Life360 app. But, but here's where some of us go, well, I don't like being tracked. I don't like being controlled. I don't like somebody knowing my every movement. And here's what I would say. Why would you care where your spouse knows you're at? Why would I care if Casey sees where I'm at? That ain't controlling me. That's me being accountable. And we've gotten to this place where we're like, well, they're just controlling me. They're just controlling me. No. They're not controlling you at all. We are all need to come to a place where we're accessible and we're accountable for our actions, for what we're doing, and are we doing what we say we're doing. Why would I care if Casey saw where I was? For some of you, when it comes to your cell phone, why would you care if your spouse read your cell phone? But you won't even give your spouse your screen code. What? Stay, it got uncomfortable real quick, and this is just for in here. Imagine those that are watching at home. Um, <laughs> give me that phone right now. Um, well, I don't want them to make fun of my text. Every time I read Casey's phone, I make fun of her text messages with all of you ladies. I'm like, you guys really talk, like, just get on the phone and call somebody. Like, this is going on forever. Like, this is called a phone call, not a text message, right, or an email. Like, one text is this long. I'm like... This is still a te one text. I'm like, this is an email. Like, stop. I don't care if Casey reads my text. Most of the time she calls me stupid. You're so dumb, right? I don't care if Casey sees who's, who's messaging me on Facebook. If somebody's messaging me on Facebook that shouldn't message me, I'm like, hey, Casey, here, 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 babe. This happened. I did not do a thing. I, I did not reply. I did not do anything to this hoochie mama, right? I just... This happened. I'll change my profile picture so it's not so luscious. I just, you know, I'll, I'll figure something out. Get some pants that say juicy, right? Like just something. But here it is. 
I don't, I want to live my life accessible and accountable. And if your marriage is going to make it for the long haul, man, as somebody that wants you to have the best marriage and to not just survive marriage but thrive in it, stay accessible. Stay accountable to your spouse. Stay accessible. Stay accountable to who you're engaged with. Because life is better lived out when you're accountable to somebody. All you single people, you need to be accountable to somebody and accessible to somebody. Because why? Because it creates boundaries. And when we don't have boundaries, we drift in places we shouldn't. The second, the fourth way, excuse me, to have an affair is say you are window shopping and looking. Just say you're window shopping and looking. I'm just looking. It's just a swimsuit, Sports Illustrated version. Some of you are like, dadgummit, they're going to throw that away right when I get home. Um, do they even make magazines still, right? But you're, I remember when my mom and sister, how many of you ladies go window shopping? Like you just go window shopping. You don't buy anything. You just, I don't understand this phenomenon. I never have. Um, I know hardly anybody goes to the mall anymore. I know that's not really a, a thing. Um, but like some of you get on Amazon and you just keep searching. I just want to see what's out there. Just want to see what's out there. My mom and my sister would just, hey, Justin, you're coming with us because you're the only boy and your dad's out there working, so you're going to the mall with us. And I'm like, well, what are we doing? What are we buying? And they're like, nothing. We're just going to go look. We're going to go window shopping. I'm like, that's so dumb. I don't want to go window shopping. Now, if we're going to go buy some things, let's go buy some things. You know, but, but I don't want to just, I'm still that way. I don't want to go look. Like, I'll go buy stuff, but I'm not going to go look. And they would go look, and they'd go, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that. They'd go to this store and this store. And what would happen, most of the times they didn't buy stuff, but sometimes looking turned into buying. Right? And what they didn't intend to buy, they ended up buying. What they intended not to bring home, they ended up bringing home. And how did it all start? It started with a look. Hear me. Man, most of your actions are birthed from a thought that were birthed from a look. Every affair has a genesis moment, right? It has a beginning to it. And, and, and just like the whole wisdom teeth thing, you didn't just arrive to having an affair. It started somewhere. And this is why what you look at is so important. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, verse 27 through 28. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in her heart. What you look at matters. What you look at, man, well, God, I'm just at the gym, and I don't know where to hide my eyes. I just have to wear a blindfold. Then wear a blindfold. I go to that same gym. There's plenty of things to look at that have clothes on. you got to learn to bounce your eyes. Boom. Boom. Oh, she's over there. I'm going over here, right? Like, I, I, my whole workout has sometimes been based on where other people are hanging out. I'm like, nope. Why? Because there's always going to be temptation. There's always going to be moments for you to look at something you shouldn't be looking at. And guys, this includes porn. Ladies, this includes porn. Can I tell you, if you're looking at pornography, you're having an affair on your spouse. Nobody wants to say it, but that's what's happening. Right? And what you look at matters because what you look at turns into what you're thinking about. And what you're thinking about turns into actions. And you're never just window shopping. And you're never just looking around and just thinking. But understand, every thought turns into something. And what you never intended to bring home, what you never intended to buy into, 
If you're not careful, if you keep looking long enough, you'll bring home and you'll buy into. The last thing is this. If you want to have an affair, try to handle it instead of run from it. Try to handle it instead of run from it. Man, every marriage is going to have moments that you have. Every marriage, every person has an Achilles heel, right? you got a weakness. Every marriage is going to have good moments and bad moments. Moments where things are going fantastic and where things are trying. Moments where you feel connected and moments where you feel disconnected. Moments you're in the same lane and moments you feel like you're just passing ships in the night, right? And in those moments where it's hard, in those moments where you don't feel connected, in those moments where you don't feel like they get you, in those moments, let's just have some real talk, where your sex life isn't all that you thought it was going to be. If you're not careful, there will be temptation that comes in, and it will take you, if you try to handle it and reason with it, instead of run from it. Right? There, there's going to be moments where everybody in this room, everybody watching, you are going to be presented an opportunity where you are going to encounter sexual temptation and how are you going to respond. And some of us, we want to reason with it. Some of us, we want to handle it and we want to say, oh, it's just innocent flirting. But hear me, if you're married today, there's no such thing as innocent flirting. Right? Oh, well, you know, I, I, nothing has happened. No, nothing has happened yet. I can handle this, and I know what I shouldn't do, but just because you know what you should do doesn't ensure that you will do it. And if you are going to stay married for the long haul, right, if you're going to live with no regrets and not have to go through the, 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 the wake of tragedy and destruction that an affair leaves behind, hear me today. When you encounter sexual temptation, you got to run, baby, run. Don't try to fight it. Don't try to be strong enough. Don't try to be wise enough. Don't try to reason with it. Don't try to handle it. Get the heck out of Dodge and run, baby. Well, I just need to apologize to him. No, you don't. You don't need to apologize to them. You need to run and go apologize to your spouse, right? Like you don't owe that person anything. Run. Get out of The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. And Joseph, you guys remember Joseph and Potiphar's wife, right? Joseph's this good-looking guy, Genesis chapter 39, you know, and Potiphar's wife hits on him. And what does Joseph do? He runs. He models for us what you and I are called to do. And if you're not going to have an affair... If you're going to learn how to handle sexual temptation, you don't try to handle it at all. You just run from it. I'm going to leave you with this. As we're, we're kind of ending up our message. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27 and 33 says this. Can a man scoop a flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? So it is with a man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not go unpunished. Excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he is starving, but if he's caught, he must pay back seven times what he stole, even if he has to sell everything in his house. But listen to this part, but the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. He'll be wounded and disgraced, and his shame will never be erased. The man who commits adultery is an utter fool, because he destroys himself. And my prayer, my hope today as your pastor, 
is that you won't be that guy. That you won't be that girl. We've all said it. Don't be that guy. Just don't be that guy. Just don't be, nobody said don't be that girl. Some of you are going to afterwards because I just said it. But we don't say don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't be the guy that's your own worst enemy. Don't be the girl that you are your own worst enemy. Because, man, if you decide that you, I'm not going to listen, man, there's some red flags. And, and maybe as a couple, it's a little tense right now. Pay attention to the tension is what I would tell you. Don't ignore it. Pay attention to the tension. And go have a hard conversation today. Right? Go have a productive conversation. Because I can tell you, the conversation you have after this is a whole lot easier for you to have than after you keep going the path you're going and you've destroyed yourself. And now there's some real damage that's been done because no boundaries got established. Man, I want what's best for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your spouse, for you. And the only one who can set boundaries, the only one who cannot do these things for you is you. There's a better way for you to live than just following your emotions or what you think is right in your own eyes. Man, own up. My favorite passage in Scripture, one of Ephesians 5. Let us live, don't live like the unwise, but that's the wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Right? Make the most of this opportunity that God's given you. And learn to live differently. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. God, I just pray right now that in this place, for every single person, that, man, some of this may not feel real applicable in this moment, but, Lord, it's so applicable in this moment. Let, let us establish some boundaries, some expectations, some convictions. What's even an option? What's the way you would have us live out this dating life? What's the way you would have us live out our single life? Lord, I, Lord, I pray for those that are, are dating and engaged in this place. That Lord, don't let us just follow our emotions. Don't let us just follow culture. But Lord, let us put some boundaries in now. Let us be accessible and accountable now. Let's realize it's not okay to window shop even now. Let us, let us not push these things off, say it's an overreach, but let us understand, Lord, we're not exempt from any of these temptations we've talked about. And Lord, I pray for every couple that's in this place. First off, I pray for any couple that has gone through an affair, through infidelity. And Lord, this message would not be a message that drives that pain in harder. But Lord, where all these emotions come back up, but Lord, I pray that healing would keep occurring. And the Lord, this would be almost a celebration of what you've brought them through. The Lord, your goodness and your grace walked us through one of the hardest moments. And now we've got wisdom that we can share with other couples. Now we've got wisdom that we can help other people that are in the same situation where they just made some mistakes. They made some choices that got them to a place that let them drift. Lord, I pray that for that couple that's gone through all that trauma that you would help them today. Not to feel shame, but to feel empowered. Not to feel embarrassed, but to feel equipped, Lord Jesus, that you can use what seems so broken for your purpose. But Lord, for every marriage in this place, I pray in Jesus' name that we would have ears to hear today. 
hearts to understand and that you would give us the discipline to apply your word. Let us not just hear your word today, but Lord, let us apply it. Let there be application to your, to, of your word to our marriage. Because Lord, the only one that can apply this for us is us. Let's go home and have conversations. Let us go home, let us talk. Let us go home and say, what does this look like for us? What are some boundaries? What are some being accessible and accountable look like for us? What does this look like for us so that we can live our lives not the way we want, but the way you've commanded us to? Lord, I pray right now that you would help us live this area of our life out your way because it's a better way. Lord, it's in Jesus' wonderful name, I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.